0: Hello, welcome back to my podcast, One Hard Thing. Glad you could come back. In this first season, I'm thinking about untangling complexity, and that's pretty complex. And the reason I'm calling it that is um, before we can start to reduce tangles, uh, before we can Um, solve problems we kind of have to pull apart the problems that we already have and when I think of um, the complexity of working with kids I think of a ball of yarn actually several balls of yarn Um, when I when my kids were little for a while, I was trying to teach them how to do lots of things to try to keep them busy. And one of the things that we tried to learn as a family was how to knit. And I've learned how to knit probably six or eight times because I keep forgetting. And it comes back like riding a bicycle, but it's not something that seems to um, to stick with me because I don't sit still very well. So knitting is very soothing for me, but um, I don't I don't do it enough. Anyway, when you teach kids to knit, it's good to give each of them a ball of yarn and it's good to uh, give each of them a different color um, just so that you can keep things sort of straight. And then what happens when the kids need to do the next thing and or go to bed is that you um, are in a hurry and you shove all that yarn into a bag or into a little box or into a cupboard and what it proceeds to do is just tangle up with each other and pretty soon you've got many colors of yarn all kind of in a big knot and this knot is very pretty but very non-functional so when i think of the complexity that um, happens in some meetings when the feelings suddenly get large and um some people get quiet and others get loud and and when we're not sure what we're actually talking about anymore my mind goes to that box or cupboard full of yarn and how different things are getting tangled up so i was thinking that um, i'd like to have this whole first season kind of just as a gentle teasing apart of the different colors and kind of pulling um, the strands of the blue away from the green, away from the pink, away from the yellow, away from the black and the red, um, so that we are just talking about one hard thing at a time and not actually yanking on something that uh, causes five other issues to, to get really worse. So that's my picture and I hope that helps as to why I am talking so slowly about things that some of, uh, some of us probably think are obvious. And yes, they're obvious, just like the color blue yarn is obvious, but once it gets tangled up with other colors, it's really hard to um, separate it. So I can see it and I can see where it's going. And when I pull on it, It should come, but it doesn't. So that's the sensation sometimes of problems that arise when we try to do uh, something that's really complicated. And where everybody has not one or two, but three or four or five um, kind of issues at play. And so I just want to start with that. sort of picture. So I'm going to introduce here um, the concept of uh, double binds because I've already blogged about it and there's uh, a toolkit starting on my website and you can play with that idea of of how we we get ourselves into double binds quite quite easily, quite frequently. And I think it's probably the basis for most of the the fun stories that we watch on TV. But double binds to me are kind of like trying to pull on two threads at the same time. It's not going to get us to an untangled spot. It's going to make the tangle worse. And so what would be more useful when we find ourselves um, in a double bind where we're pulling on two things at once, Um, we're trying to get two different places at the same time, we're trying to achieve two goals with the same effort or the same uh, minute, Um, everything gets far harder. Everything gets tighter and tenser and just um, worse. And what often ends up happening is that one goal does get achieved, but the cost um, in the other direction is, is so high that nobody really gets to feel very happy about that. An example of this that probably everyone can relate to right now is how uh, when COVID happened and we all had to um, stay home as much as possible and stay safe. Uh, Some of us, and some more than others, were put in the double bind of needing to make money or achieve the goals of our employers while still staying safe and keeping our family from infecting others or becoming infected. And that's that's truly um, two different goals that might be mutually exclusive. So for some people, that looked like having to go to work um, and leave their kids maybe at home alone. Uh, For others, it looked like trying to work from home while looking after families. For others, it looked like not having access to their job and maybe losing income or losing their job entirely or choosing between... Using a device for their kids' education or for work. Um, so these are these are not these are not easy problems because both both goals are important and they're they're so equally important that it's really hard to figure out which one trumps the other. And so we end up doing these awful back and forth moves or alternating or picking one, but feeling sick about it. And anyway, double binds are just awful. They're just awful. So that's um, that's a premise uh, for this website that uh, I think is, is kind of obvious when you think about it a little bit as to how um, the more that we put people into a double bind situation, the more unlikely it is that things will get better for those people. And I think that thinking about um, our our inclusion problems in that way might be a very helpful starting point. So I guess the, the, the theme of this particular podcast for me, I, I would like to think of untangling through reducing the use of force. Um, that's where we actually pull away from our intense... Um, need to fix a problem and instead um, slow down, maybe breathe, maybe do some waiting, some listening, and use this skill of gentleness, which uh, is a very powerful, a powerful quality in any interaction. I used to, I used to play hockey, like I am not a gentle person. And, and, um, and so I, I really do approach gentleness as a true skill that I, I deeply respect and admire when I see it in others. Gentleness as force grading, as adjusting one's force to be, um, exactly as much as is required, but no more kind of like, you know, how a dog can carry an egg in their mouth um, gently. That sort of, of thing is, it's just, it's just beautiful. But it's, it requires a certain level of, of uh, coordination and um, presence, I guess. So I just wanted to say how Yeah, um, this is funny because lots of times coordination and skill are some, for some reason they're equated with momentum and force and strength. And I don't know if this is, um, if this is just unconscious, it's kind of silly, but it happens and it, it happens a lot um, with early, School age children. I've done a lot of assessing of kids um, in terms of their coordination, and lots of times people, teachers, parents, caregivers will tell me, "Oh, this little girl or this little boy is very, very coordinated. They're really athletic. They're they just they love to to be active and to play, and they're really good at it." And this is the reason I say these are young kids is because it this doesn't last, that uh, this um, illusion of athleticism doesn't last. But for a little while, kids who are extremely forceful and have a lot of uh, get up and go and and just really, you know, show initiative and run and jump and leap and, and, uh, you know, tackle life can look athletic. And That's because they are trying, they're out there, they are doing stuff, they are causing effects. And so it's nice to see that, but it's not the same as being coordinated because uh, a lot of these kids, when you ask them to slow down and do the same motion slowly or with pauses or deliberately or with better aim or refinement, they can't, they they absolutely can't. And so what we're seeing with these, these kids' movements is just pure momentum and enthusiasm. And I can relate to that. Like, I love momentum and enthusiasm. And this goes back to where I was going with the hockey thing. When I was in um, university, and before that, I went to Bible school in Saskatchewan. And I played hockey in both of those settings. And this is like a long time ago, people. So this is before Haley Wickenheiser opened doors. And so the girls teams at that point were fairly new and we all just borrowed guys equipment and we had terrible ice time. And it really was just sort of a free for all. And that's why I got to play. Um, At that point, it was still very much these are boys skates and, you know, Hockey skates were boy skates and figure skates were girl skates. i I know that's hard to believe for the younger ones of you, but that's how I was introduced to hockey. I had to actually learn to skate with what were called boy skates. and I loved skating with boy skates. It was so much easier than figure skates. It was so much more fun. there was just it just felt like you could just go and, um, I loved hockey. I loved putting pads on and just crashing into boards. Like I, I thought this was great. And I actually would really strongly encourage you to try it. If you ever get a chance to put on hockey pads and just give her on a, on a rink, it is fun. It is a lot of fun. And I'm saying this without having really any skill at all. So with skates and pads and ice and boards, you can get a lot of momentum going and you can apply a lot of force in the world and you're pretty safe. And other people have pads and so, and they see you coming. And I just ricocheted off the boards and off people and I had a great time. So all this to say that, um, the use of force and momentum and sheer, um, joie de vivre is not, quite the same as the ability to be gentle and to be restrained and to be um, precise and refined in one's movements. So the difference between me playing hockey and Haley W. playing hockey is is very different. Um, It's very large. And so I just want to put out there as um, just an idea to play with in this podcast that we think of force application as something that um, less is more, <laughs> less is, less is probably way more. We can pull back on our um, pressure that we apply to each other and to, especially to children and we will not do harm. We are not um, more effective by being more enthused. And I am really saying this with all the humility in the world, because if anyone is listening who knows me, this is something that I am encouraging myself to continue to work on. Less enthusiasm does not mean less passion. And less force does not mean less skill. Skill and passion can be displayed through gentleness, through respect, through pauses, through listening, through waiting, and through going very, very slow. And this is so easy to say and I, I I hope when I'm saying it you're thinking of course Lynn of course that is true and I do that all the time um but in the workplaces that I have been in it has not been encouraged and it's not not that there are big bad overseers telling us to to work harder faster longer um it is something I don't know it's just something about our culture maybe or just the the nature of time stamped activities where we're always feeling that pressure that the next the next transition is coming the next deadline the end of recess the end of the day the end of the week the end of the reporting period all of these things seem to be always creeping up on us and there's There's just a little bit of a double bind happening, I think, where our productivity is maybe, and maybe this is completely in our own heads, but maybe it is measured by our enthusiasm and our application of momentum and force rather than by someone observing us using restraint and doing less but doing what we do with more skill and with um an eye to timing and to the least possible force necessary i still think that we have this funny idea that comes from when we're 6 years old that everyone should be chasing the puck all the time everyone should be going full tilt all the time and the one who gets to You know, kick the ball the most is the most important person, and the one who yells the loudest is the most persuasive person, and all of that, which is is silly. I know, and I know it's silly, but don't you feel sometimes like your work needs to be about that obvious more? I just, want to, I just want to throw that out there. I think that gentleness is a skill that would help us untangle complexity around many kinds of problems, and I think that this gentleness needs to be highly valued both by ourselves and by the people around us and especially by the people who are evaluating our work. And I realize again that a lot of us are our own worst critics. We we are so hard on ourselves and 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 we might we might be adding in criticism that isn't actually there. But I just want to throw that out there. Let's look for examples of someone around us who is doing something with a great deal of skill. And it could be um, the person making you your coffee in the morning. Um, watch how they apply force and watch how they hold back and watch their timing and watch their attention and watch their the relaxation of their breathing the the way their shoulders are. When someone is truly skilled at what they're doing, one of the things that I notice as an occupational therapist, because I'm always looking at quality of movement as an indicator of, of internal stress, um, what I notice when somebody is skilled is how relaxed their chest section is. Their shoulders are down, Their neck can move freely. Their arms are not held tightly. They're breathing deeper. Their voice is lower. All of that goes with um, a a sense of confidence and a sense of I know what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and I'm very clear on my, uh, my desired outcome. person isn't in a double bind they're not trying to impress others at the same time as to achieve their own goal they're just free to use exactly the skill that they have so here's something to think about when you notice that you're tightening up and your shoulders are rising and you're your enthusiasm or your your voice is getting a little bit um, higher, more elevated, possibly you're trying to achieve a couple of goals at the same time and you might be in a double bind. And you might be um, unable to use the least amount of force necessary and are instead um, maybe adding to the difficulty of your own task, so that's that's my idea for today. The one hard thing is to do do things with less less strength, less um, I guess less power application, less speed, less of that uh, you know ricocheting off the boards quality. And more gentle, um, just teasing apart the one color of yarn at a time. I hope that this encourages you because some of you really are very, very skilled at parts of your your life and parts of your day, and you might you might feel uh, that that's unrecognized. And maybe we can we can recognize that in each other's. Like sometimes we do things really very well and very efficiently and it's it's lovely to watch and it looks easy and it it is because we're good at it but it it wasn't easy to get there like that 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 skill development it it's much harder to use less force than it is to use more I guess that's my I, I thought for the day so if you if you are in a situation where you are using a very very precise um, skill. Congratulate yourself. Way to go! And realize that that's something that you can build in other areas. And if you're in the presence of someone who's doing something very well, um, maybe maybe find a way to compliment them because um, it could be that they don't realize how how much that skill helps the group um, and how their their long and slow development of that gentleness um, now opens up possibilities for other people. So I hope that that is encouraging as you go into the rest of your day to go slow, be gentle with yourself, breathe, and just enjoy a less Black stay if you possibly can.